0: Hey, and welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. We are taking a much-needed break this week in the podcast land, so I thought that I would share with you this amazing replay of guest Sandra Funk of House of Funk discussing why you may or may not want to charge for your interior design consultation. The reason I chose this episode is it's been getting a lot of controversy (laughs) lately over in the the Interior Design Facebook group. So I thought it would be good to bring this out again for the new year because it's money, right? We're all going to make tons of money in the new year. Now, I will say that since we originally aired this interview, episode number 112, that at Darla Powell Interiors, we have gone to a non-charging consultation, right? But also, What's the word? Disclaimer here. Miami is kind of a strange animal when it comes to the interior design market, but it just works for us. We don't give takeaways on the consultation. We don't. We just go. We we pre-vet them, as you'll hear Sandra talk about in this interview, and there's definitely a way to do this correctly. So at the end of the episode, decide if you want to do the paid consultations and give takeaways, or maybe you want to integrate this into your system and just see how it works with you. I just know for us that we close a lot more clients. We get to see a lot more clients than when we were charging, but your mileage may vary. Also, the personality of your firm, how you like to work, that could vary also. But I present to you, once again, the interior design consultation to charge or not to charge with Sandra Funk. Happy New Year.
1: The whole design is going to be very carefully considered. It's going to come together over the next six to eight months. It is going to be kicked and pulled and squished and slept upon and thought about and think tanked. And, you know, I'm really going to come up with something incredible for you. Then there's nothing that's going to come out of my off the cuff in my first hour in your home.
0: Should you guys be charging for your interior design consultation? Today's guest, Sandra Funk, has some thoughts about that.
1: Have you hit a wall when it comes to growing your interior design business? Then welcome to Wingnut Social, the podcast specifically designed to accelerate your business through increased social media presence, impactful online content, and translating industry experience into physical success. This is your design business, Tightly Fastened. Now welcome the hosts of Wingnut Social, Darla Powell and Natalie Graff.
0: Hey there, welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. I'm your host, Darla Suzanne Plachette-Powell, and I'm joined by Natalie Ann Graff, a.k.a. The Grinch. Ah, that is me. That is you today, right? Yes, it
2: is. I am the Grinch.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so it's no secret we record these in advance, and today is actually the Monday before Christmas. It is, it is. So I actually still don't know if I'm getting my John Wick action figure. However, little birdies are pointing to yes. The magic eight ball are, is pointing to yes. Right, and right? how
2: disappointed are you going to be if you don't actually get the John Wick? Like, Not as figure.
0: disappointed as you are going to be.
2: <laughs> oh, I see how. That <laughs> but
0: Natalie, okay, so real time. Since this is real time, I'm incredibly excited today because we're going to go see Star Wars: Rise Ooh, of Skywalker. I can't. Wait. And Yay. the last two movies have disappointed me. Nicole Heimer and I, of Kiri Electra, always get into heated. Debates about why I hate the movies and why she loves them.
2: And I think I did see a Voxer yesterday between you and Nicole that said, I loved it. You'll hate it.
0: (laughs) She's already seen it. So I can't wait to see it and discuss. It will contrast and compare.
2: I'm just so excited. I can hardly stand it. Don't you hear the enthusiasm in my voice?
0: You're such a grump. You really are a Grinch.
2: I am. I believe this. Yes, my daughter is all over me. (laughs) said we cannot have... Christmas Eve at our place tomorrow because we did not have a tree. I promptly told her that is not the reason for the season, but she says, Nope, we can't do gifts. So now, not only am I cooking dinner, we're going to take <laughs> everything to mom's house because mom has a tree and we are going to have the homage Christmas. All right. Well, with this, a tree. Get ah, om- that? Yeah. Oh, you caught yeah. that?
0: Okay. All right. All right. Well, this is airing in January. So everybody, I hope everybody did have a good Christmas and a happy new year. I just wanted to kind of say that I was going to see Star Wars in real time. Not- she,
2: she didn't have the bandwidth to do a pre-record of <laughs> the I, future. Yeah. She's lost in today that Star Wars I'm just still- kind of fried her brain. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I get to go see it. And she just has no more bandwidth. If you guys can hear
0: it, I'm still recovering from my my hot 30 degree partying with Luann Nagara, Sandra Funk, today's guest, and Taylor Spellman, and Kate O'Hara, among others. And Nicole. Nicole Heimer, yeah, exactly. So I am still getting over it. You know, 2004, I had a pulmonary embolism so anything that affects my lungs seems to just take me forever. That and the fact that I'm 51 probably doesn't doesn't help. <laughs> it might
2: be time to trade you in. You're, you're, you're getting up there, darling. Yeah,
0: you know, I'm getting a little long in the teeth. I know. I can, I can barely close my mouth. Natalie, today's guest, Sandra Funk. Is amazing. Almost needs no introduction. This, no. Is her, this is her second tour through Wingnut Land.
2: I know, she came back for more. She
0: did come back for more. She's kind of a glutton for punishment, right? She is,
2: she is.
0: Okay, so Sandra Funk has this amazing new beta program that I am one of the guinea pigs. Wait, wait, one of the people (laughs) people? (laughs) for the interior design business. There's, I think there's five of us. And I have not been the best student. I apologize in advance, Sandra, because we've been so busy. I haven't really been that attentive. But it is an amazing program for interior designers. We are going to get into that towards the uh, second half of the show. But I really... Man, you really want to dig into the fact that Sandra Funk does not think that we should be charging for interior design consultations. Yes, I can't wait to...
2: I'm not going to railroad her about that, but I have some very um, strong thoughts on that.
0: You know what? I think most people do. And I think it's really a hot topic because everybody in the industry, you should be charging for your design consultations. I have been charging for my design consultations, but you and I have been experimenting a little beta of our own. We have. And with I, not charging.
2: Right. And I think...
0: And it's gone one way and it's gone another way. And we'll discuss that yes. when we get into it. But first, let me tell you guys a little bit more about Sandra Funk. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I railroad you? What'd you want to yeah, say? Yeah, I was
2: going to say something else. Oh, I go. Was to say when we, as we go into this show remember not all of us are at the same level of designer that Sandra is. She's been in business 20 some years. So we don't have all those tools in place. So this will be a really interesting, we don't have a Rania is what I'd like to
0: say. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you know what? But, that's where her, her new course. That's where her fill. new
2: course might fill Filling that Rania void because mm-hmm. we really, everybody needs a Rania and needs to duplicate Everybody Ranya. does
0: need a Rania. Rania, if you're listening and you're not happy in New Jersey, Nice try, Darla. Nice try. Let me tell you guys a little bit about Sandra Funk. Sandra Funk is the CEO and principal designer of House of Funk. What a terrific name that is, right? A full service interior design firm with offices in New York and New Jersey, House of Funk creates thoughtful homes with an emphasis on clean lines and soulful touches, all rooted in tradition. Sandra is an accredited professional for the Sustainable Furnishings Council. Sandra's award winning design work has been featured in publications such as Deep Breath. El Decor, House Beautiful, The Huffington Post, Apartment Therapy, Aspire Design and Home, and Lux Interiors and Design. And I have to tell you, she's flexible AF. (laughs) (laughs) Wingnuts, help me in welcoming Sandra Funk to the Wingnut Social Podcast. Hey there, Sandra Funk. Welcome to the Wingnut Social Podcast. How the hell are you?
1: Oh, I'm awesome. I'm so thrilled to be speaking to two of my favorite people. How are you? We're awesome and I cannot wait
0: to dig in. On this subject with you, especially since Natalie and I stopped charging for consultations as a beta, the last, like, what, three or four right now? Yeah,
2: I'm not too sure we, uh, <clears throat> we're we going to stick with that. But um, I want to go back to what the intro when Darla was talking about uh, you being a little flexible <laughs> and uh, how much fun we had at Luann's party and all the dancing and, and all that good stuff. That was that was great. Great fun.
0: I actually have video evidence of Sandra's Woo! flexibility. She, is, she can do, like, a full split. For enough whiskey, I could leak that video.
1: Oh. Uh just listen to you, listen yeah. to you too with your rivalry yes no um it's so funny I grew up dancing and apparently you know some tricks never die so there you have it and <laughs> the lupin says party I say how high like literally I'm like where when what do you need I'm there and it was one of those exactly. nights where there were splits late night. What can I say?
0: And, you know, and speaking of flexible AF, Luann Nagara, how impressive was, gosh, she was down there with you guys doing the complete splits. That is one firecracker lady. I just, I just
2: watched. I'm, I am not flexible. I can barely touch no, my toes. I
0: did start doing yoga after that party though. I was like, God, I need to get my. <laughs> <laughs> she was shamed. You guys <laughs> shamed her into
2: yoga. Yeah, yeah, shamed her into. Me. I actually had to stretch this morning. It's it's like age I'm telling you. Yeah. Killing
0: so you. Sandra, I was telling the wingnuts listening, and then we're going to get into this more towards the second half of the episode about your amazing new program that I am a guinea pig. Oh, I mean a beta <laughs> for 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 your interior design industry. And She's one of the a bad beta. Okay, so one of the biggest takeaways that I had while being a guinea pig and a beta and your program here, which is amazing, and we will get into it. You guys are going to want to check that out. Is you pretty much floored me when we talked about consultations and whether or not you charge for it and your philosophy on why you don't charge and how successful you've been with it. And I told Natalie, of course, right away, Ellen Danik, take a drink. Okay, let's try this. Let's try not charging for a while. Let's Sandra Funk does it and blah, 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 right? So we have been doing it with some modicum of success, I think. Right now, we have signed some clients, but I know that there's designers out there right now listening, clutching their pearls, saying, oh my God, this goes against everything I've heard on podcasts for the last three freaking years. So let's dive into... Charging for your initial consultations. Yeah, this- why'd you stop? Yeah, did you ever? Did you ever charge? I never
1: did, and it's so funny. I never did, and I do. I hear what everyone is saying when they're talking about charging for that initial consultation, and I totally get that if you are there to give value and you are someone who has your paint decks there and is going to roll up your sleeves and rearrange furniture and fluff pillows and your car is filled with accessories, then of course, if you're going into work, you charge, right? But I've always been going after a bigger client. So I've always been going after a client that's going to renovate, paint, wallpaper, take down a wall, put an addition on, gut renovate, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm not walking in in work clothes and ready to like rip off a whole bunch of suggestions at that initial consultation. So there's two things. I think there's two different ways that you look at this, right? And I think my perception of mm-hmm. how I look at it has always been so, so different that when I've heard, you should charge, you should charge, it's for a different thing. Also, my projects take between 8 and 18 months. Between the level of design that we take it to, again, you heard me, like, we almost never don't paint the walls or take, de- you know, there's always some level of construction, adding light fixtures Just even changing the location of things, like there's a construction point, we do full drawings for every project, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So in my initial consultation, I am laying out this 8 to 18-month timeline, depending on the scope and scale of the job. So for me, if I was also in the same breath saying, and then that should go there, and this should be that color, and this should be there, it's incongruent, right? So it says out to the client, the whole design is already in my head and I'm just whipping off ideas, Mm -hmm. or the whole design is going to be very carefully considered. It's going to come together over the next six to eight months. It is going to be kicked and pulled and squished and slept upon and thought about and think tanked. And, you know, (laughs) I'm really going to come up with something incredible for you. Then there's nothing that's going to come out of my off the cuff in my first hour in your home.
0: Okay, let's, let's run with that. And I think this was what most impacted me and made the most sense when we were discussing it in the beta was that, okay, if you can come up with off the cuff stuff in 90 minutes for this is how I would design your home, whatever you're able to do in that time window, it almost diminishes the bigger project. It's like, well, she can do that in 90 minutes. Why am I going to pay her $20,000 to do, you know? So that kind of really hit a light bulb to me and also, I like the idea of the pressure being off on the consultation of not having to think on the slide and not having to do the paint colors on there. So for me, that really appealed. But I want to ask you about this aspect of the paid consultation as a lot of designers. Yeah, they do go with their color chips or they, you know, they do a little bit of work in there, but also they look at it as a way to vet Mm-hmm. the clients and the tire kickers. And I know you work with high end people. So tell me how that aspect of not charging for the consultation gets dealt with the vetting. I know we talked about you having a Ranya, but for designers who are using it to say, oh, they're going to pay me $500 for a consultation, they're going to pay me 25000 for a kitchen or whatever. Tell me where that gets met when you're not charging.
1: Yeah, exactly. Basically, The other concept behind this not charging for a consultation is that by the time I'm standing on this potential client's doorstep ringing the doorbell, I am dying to sign this client. We have done enough research and due diligence and conversating over phone and email that we know enough to know that this is a very good potential client for us. So, What are we looking for? We're looking for a communication style. We're looking for responsiveness. And yes, not everyone has a Rania, which, you know, sorry, you should. But but listen, I didn't always have a Rania either. So in the beginning, it was, you know, a script that I had for myself that I would run through. And I would say to them, I'm just going to run you through some of my standard questions so that I don't miss anything. And I tell them I'm going to read this from a script because it sounds scripted and it's too much back and forth do not just say can i run you through a few of my standard questions and then i would do that and then you're even closer to it when you do it yourself than when you have someone else do it but of course with time you can train someone else to do it who's really going to hear that indecision they're going to hear those little cues about well you know i'm a quick decision maker when i love something but not always you know that's like a great excuse line mm-hmm. you know talking about it's it's all of those questions that come together to let you know. I require that we have the address of the place that we're going to be working on. And of course, we do our due diligence and look that address up and look, we're looking for a certain home value. Okay. We're talking about the scope and scale and size of typical projects that we do. So we're letting them know we're typically working on at least three rooms and we're looking at at least six figure budgets when we're talking about a project together. So, and we're looking at You know, million dollar and up property values to make sure that it makes sense to put high level luxury design. You're not going to put high level luxury design in a $300,000 home, not where I live. Now, of course, that's totally different depending on where people live. I live 15 miles from Manhattan. And I've seen where you
0: live. Right. Okay. So let me ask you this, Sandra. Okay. So I'm calling in. I love Sandra Funk. My house is $500,000. I want to do a kitchen and another room. Are you going to discount me in a nice kind of way because my house is only valued at $500,000? Or are there other considerations to go in there where you might want to work with that client? Or is that just a done deal? You're over. If
1: the house is $500,000 and they plan on putting on a huge addition, it's a really purchase for the property and they're doing a build or, you know, everything else in the house is worth 1.5 and that's a $500,000 because it's a teardown, then we will look at it. So we're not just looking at that house, we're looking at the neighborhood as well, because there are those little anomalies. Sure. Yada, they bought it from their mom. But generally speaking, no, that will burn you in the butt every time. Like it is so important that the house value can sustain. Because again, my average project budget is around three hundred thousand, but I won't, you know, we try not to get involved for under a hundred thousand because it's just a lot of relationship management and it's a lot of customer service and caretaking of each individual client that we bring on. So at the minimum of 100,000 if you're going to put 100,000 into a $500,000 house but really our average budget is 300,000. You'd never put $300,000 into a $500,000 house unless everything else on the street's worth 1.5, right? So it's like needs to make logical sense or I know from experience even if they say they want to hire you and they say they're going to do it all and then finally, when it's really time to spend the money, they realize that they can go house shopping and buy the eight hundred thousand dollars house, or they can, or they go talk to mm-hmm. a realtor friend, and they're like, "No, no, no! You'll never sell that house. You'll never. You'll, you're going to get five fifty if it's all cleaned up and pretty. You're not going to get eight hundred thousand for that house. Like, if it doesn't make logical sense, then you have to protect yourself and not get involved in that project."
0: So that's really smart. You're really thinking, you're projecting and thinking way ahead from experience. And this is how this has gone in the past. This is how this is going to go in the future. Do you have minimums on the website to kind of let them down gently? Or is this something you always let them down gently with a phone call or Rania does? (laughs) You know,
1: that's a big part of why we started offering online design, because we do get these phone calls quite regularly from people who would love to work with us, but are not at that level that makes financial sense for us. And again, we would love to go and do design for everybody that calls, but there's a tipping point where it makes sense for us to do that project. So we started doing online design as the soft letdown to the people that couldn't really afford the budgets that we're looking to work with. And so we constantly are redirecting people to say, you know, it sounds like an amazing project. We'd love to be involved via the online design option. You know, here's the link. Here's where you can find us. Let us know. And we've had great success in being able to drive traffic to that. And really fun, really, you know, online design is, to me, it's like, all the design and none of the execution and a lot less of the relationship management. And so, you know, it's a really fun, it's all, it's really all design. And so that's a great, it's a great option Win-win. for the yep. clients and it's a great option for us as well.
0: I love that. And I love that you're not sending them away sad that they can't Correct. work with you at all. Natalie has a question.
1: Yeah, my, I'm
2: like my, my poor brain over here because... <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to word this question to where I realize you do all this luxury design, but let's talk about designers that are just starting out a little bit. I know you have a very pretty massive formula that you broke into this, that you know X, Y, and Z of what this is going to cost you is why you won't get in if it's under, let's say 300,000. So for the new People starting out, is there just a few simple things that you could give them to say, hey, don't forget about X, Y, and Z and help them formulate their own formula, their own vetting process to why they want to go do free consultations. And I
1: think one of the big things that we are putting together in the program is, its we call it the wealth manifestation spreadsheet instead of budget, because who likes that word? And its it's all about (laughs) identifying your overhead, right? The cost of your rent and your utilities and the people on your staff. And then offset that with, again, wealth manifestation. What do you want to make? You put that right in there for the year. And then, you know, it allows you to pop out what do your sales need to be to make that work. And you can, you know, mess with your margins. And it helps me to set my sales goals every year. And it would help someone who's just starting out because of course my overhead dictates that I really need. I only like to have nine clients going at a time. That's sort of my max out on my ability to like manage and maintain nine different relationships with the projects. And so that for me combined with my overhead means I really don't like to take on projects that are less than about a million in property value, about a 100,000 minimum in scope, budget, etc. But everyone else is going to be different, right? Because they're going to start to understand how many projects they can handle at a time, what their top line revenue must be for the year to be able to handle their overhead and what they want to make for the year and the goal that they've set for themselves. So It is so important to recognize as well that when you say yes to the little things that don't make sense for you, you actually close yourself off to the big things that do make sense for you. So over and over again, when we take on a client that doesn't fit our ideal client avatar and our ideal direction, we end up running around like chickens with our head cut off because we're not a fit. We're too expensive for some of those littler projects and it ends up bad every time. It, again, it's not that I don't want to do design for everyone and I don't want to do design for like lovely people who have smaller homes or maybe it's someone downsizing who just doesn't want to have a big expensive home. It doesn't It's not about can they afford it. It's about does it make sense?
0: I was going to tell Natalie that's our next block in your design standard program is the wealth manifestation. She might want to just sit in on that
2: one. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because I want to know. I mean, are we getting down to the nitty gritty of office supplies and how much our pens cost in you each month? You know, I mean, how nitty gritty are we going? Are we going? You know, down to the electricity being averaged out, down to your bookkeeper, down to what you yeah. pay for sure, you know, right? all your taxes. You know, everything. So it's all in there. Basically, it is a yeah. To Z. It's the whole gig. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm just, I'm just, you know, my brain's thinking. Did I get a little ahead of myself. I know. I'm very sorry.
0: Natalie Andraff. Yes, Darla Jethro Powell. Who is our go-to vendor for Darla Powell Interiors?
2: Oh, that's easy. Curry and Company.
0: And why is that, Natalie?
2: Oh, because let me tell you, they have beautiful stuff. They are every designers and, of course, project manager, that's me, dream to work <laughs> with. Because did you know that over 90% of their stuff is in stock? That's like 1,700 SKUs at all times.
0: I did. And Curry & Company has top-notch service, quick shipping, and very reasonable order minimums, which is really important, especially if you're a hashtag baby designer.
2: Absolutely. I know you guys go to them first. Say, hey, we're going to hit Curry & Company. What do they got? How can they help us? It's amazing. So Darla, where do they have to run on over to?
0: That's right. So guys, be sure to head on over to curryandcompany.com and scroll your little fingers on down to that designer checkbox and sign up for their stellar trade program today. Oh, and be sure to tell Beth Ann that we sent you. She's amazing. I love Bethan. She's a fireball. I wish I had her energy. Again, that's koreancompany.com. You can thank us later. All right. So, okay. So we're giving these high-end clients after Ranya or your intake has vetted them. We know that they have a certain dollar amount in their home value. We know that they have a certain scope that is going to make sense for you. So tell us about the consultation. What is happening on the consultation? Now, for the designers that are doing the paid ones, we're saying you know, hey, Mr. or Mrs. Client, I would knock out this wall and we can do this for you. And you, what what is happening during your consultation? How, how are you conducting them?
1: So my consultation is all about listening to the client and really trying to take in who they are, how they treat me, how they treat each other, what the scope of the job is. I'm Really focused on capturing kind of their buzzwords. I'm asking them about the emotions they want to feel in the space. I'm asking them about how they want the space to function. I'm asking who uses this space. What time of day is this space used? How many people? You know, do you have dogs? How old are the children? You know, do you have family that comes and visits on a regular basis or do they come and stay for weeks at a time? Like I'm really digging into who these people are and how they use their home. I'm asking tons of questions. I'm kinda of, kinda of start with why don't you show me the project? And then when the project area has been shown to me, if I haven't seen enough of the house, I'll say to them, and would you mind showing me some of the rooms that do reflect you? And maybe show me some of the rooms that are more finished and that are feeling complete to you or that are more in your style. And then I'll find out if no, there's nothing in this house that reflects us. And that means to me, scope creep, right? That means there's a longer term client here. Or they show me some completed rooms that do reflect them. And I can then prompt the question, did you do this to yourself? Did you work with someone else? Why aren't you working with them again? Et cetera, et cetera. So there's some strategies in there. All of those are really important. They are red flag getters, right? If they have a space that they love and they (laughs) did themselves, that's a big red flag that, you know, they might they might just be kicking for ideas because they're capable and willing to do it themselves. Now, if they're holding a newborn baby or they've, or they've admitted, you know, they told you that they just went back to work, then okay. Because, right, it's like I have the money, I have the style, I have the ability to execute. If they have all three of those, then they don't need you. But if they're missing any one of those but they have the money, then they need you. <laughs> So, it is, um, we're looking for someone who, generally speaking, we're looking for someone who knows what they want, is decisive, has the budget, but does not have the capacity or the interest in executing it themselves. So I have a couple
2: questions because I've been listening. And I've been trying to figure out how to word this. One, let's say one out of ten clients that you go see, is the possibility be one out, one out of every ten you go see, you just decide it's it's not a good fit. How do you build all of that time that you've taken for that one person? Because obviously, you give a new client. A tremendous amount of time, a tremendous amount of a vetting process. But if you don't sign that client and you lose that client, how do you build in for the loss of time, loss of profit because you're still paying your entire team for yeah, time their time? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And of course, so, so for me, that's kind of built into the 80-20 rule of 80% of my time really goes to developing this business and running this business and All of the networking and the business side of it, and then 20% of my time is really spent doing design work or spending time in person with signed paying clients, right? So the biggest shift, of course, in the interior design standard as well is charging a flat fee plus purchasing and execution going through my firm. And what this does is it allows me to set a flat fee and purchasing and execution margins that cover expenses like going out there and And again, I'm not on that front porch until I'm pretty darn sure that this is a great fit for my firm. So I am there in the capacity of selling myself to them. I am there in the capacity to show myself to be a great communicator, a great listener, someone who gets them. I'm there to talk to them. I'm there to interview them. They're there to interview me. And I'm going after them. So that's business development. And that's built into our budget. And nothing we do is hourly ever because our value... Far exceeds an hourly rate of what we bring to these clients, and it's so so hard for a client to be on a time clock. So for me, being in their home and having the flexibility to spend as much or as little time with them—if they start throwing off red flags like crazy—number one, Ryan and I will go back and have a conversation. I'll be like, "Oh my god, what vibe were you getting? Because I got a totally (laughs) weird vibe. I don't know what was going on, or you know, all decisions were supposed to be there. The husband never showed up. Did they confirm? You know what happened? Like we're very strict about this process so that we don't end up with like a million flubs. And it's very rare that we have a flub. And it is very rare that I come back from that meeting and saying, I don't want to take that job. Most of the time I'm excited about the job. I come back from that meeting and we're scheduling a follow-up. We're welcoming them into our office for the second portion, which is me pitching the design fee and kind of showing them what I think the example budgets would be.
0: Nice. And again, this is all going back to having that vetting system in place before you get to that part and having those systems and processes in place. Talking about systems and processes, let's talk about your new program, the Interior Design Standard, of which I have been privy. Thank you so much for, for that. Thank you. And tell us a little bit about that. That is, I have to tell you, honestly, it's a terrific program. It is a little tad overwhelming with the information, but in a good way, there is so much. Value in this system, and it's launching soon, right? Tell me about it.
1: Yes, so we are launching spring of 2020. It's called the Interior Design Standard, and it is literally kind of setting the standard for the interior design industry. We all know that our industry is rife with the fact that every designer does it differently, which is confusing for the potential clients that we're meeting with because they are getting all kinds of different proposals and and it's confusing for an interior designers to really understand the best business model to be profitable and efficient and have a joyful business so this is 14 years in business for myself, 20 years in the industry. What I bring to that is my finance degree and my business process consulting background prior to coming into this industry. And it's really as you know, it's the systems, it's every script, it's every Yeah. it's everything that I do to run my business and it's a lot of information and it's, you know, something that we're going to be Rolling out slowly to the people who buy the program so that they have time to really process it, bring it in, implement because it is it's a ton i mean again it's 14 years worth of information
0: it's a ton of information and i have to tell you i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of industry programs out there and a lot of business coaches and i have been through a couple of them but yours is just above and beyond by far with just the the wealth of information in it and knowing that it's coming from you with a successful experience and hell you're not even taking clients whose houses aren't a million dollars it's like serious design goals I, I i wouldn't think that you would need anything else <laughs> to, to get started, to run your interior design business, whether you're a new baby designer, hashtag uh, baby designer, copyright The yep. <laughs> girl or you've been in business for 20 years like you have. It's, it's, seriously, it's incredibly robust. And I was telling the wingnuts in the intro that I have not been the best student because I have been so crazy on the wingnut side, but there, it's there for me to, to replay and to go over and to digest. So I highly, highly recommend it. And with this in that you're offering, you'll have more of an idea. How am I vetting these clients for the free consultations? What are my margins? What should I be charging? And who should I be saying no to? Natalie always yells at me because there's red flag clients. I'm like, nope, don't want to work with them. Natalie's like, nope, we need the money. But you're before you're <laughs> someone's got to run this business. <laughs> but you're like you when you're saying yes to some of those clients, you're saying no to some better Correct. ones. So. I absolutely just love the program. Congrats to you. It's really amazing. And the fact that you guys have to wait until April, I'm sorry.
2: (laughs) And and now that I've heard about the program, but not being a designer, I'm going to ask from the complete non-designer standpoint, how easy is this program going to take and let's say walk a new design student right out of school? And if they have the aspiration to have their own firm, how easy is this program going to take them through step by step by step to allow them to possibly become the next sandra funk
0: oh is there can there be another no
2: there
1: never will be another one but you know (laughs) you guys are too we can compare thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you for everything that is exactly what it's intended to be it's intended to be the backbone of the business it is intended to be every single thing that you need to run an interior design business but scale to you right because your overhead's not my overhead and you don't live in the area that i live in so you're going to scale it to you and it goes from our flat fee design calculator to a copy of our design agreement. It's the exact script that we use to vet our clients. And it's, you know, it's the red flags that we're looking for. And so it's everything that we have. And I am an obsessed systematizer. Darla knows that now after going through the course.
0: Obsessed is is a light, light (laughs) use of that word.
1: There's not a thing that you need to do in an interior design process that doesn't have a task assigned to it to remind you and an associated due date and you know if you have a larger team a suggestion who should be doing that role so it is something that someone could walk right into i think that the value of it comes when you have some clients that you can start to utilize it with so i took some marketing online courses back in the day and i've t- i've studied with some incredible design coaches and mentors over the years, and really have taken the best of all of that and put it into this program. This program is really that business backbone. So you're going to layer in your personality and your design style on top of this program. You're also going to layer in your overhead and your scale of business according to where you live. You're not going to have to start saying no to anyone who doesn't have a million-dollar house or more. That's not what this is about. This is about <laughs> damn it, the language, the vetting, the asking. But you're going to put your own metrics and your own personal scale and style into the business on top. So yes, I think it is something that someone could start their business right, right from the get-go.
2: What about someone that's been in business five to 10 years? Do you believe that this will benefit them as well?
1: Yeah. And actually, I think that designer who's either worked for someone else and gets it and or has been in business for like three to five years is probably our sweet spot. Because, Darla, you can, you know, speak to this as well. A lot of what I'm talking about and the examples that I'm using are tried and true that happened, you know, it's a reaction, right? So the reason that I do this is because it's happened over and over again that it doesn't make sense to have the project blow up in your face because you didn't set the right expectations. So much of it is about setting expectations. And then for these designers who, who have some background in design and who have dealt with some clients in the past, they're really going to see the value and they're really going to see the aha very quickly. They're going to see those stories and they're going to understand how much more efficient and profitable they can be with this structure it's about efficiency, right? It's about not letting anything fall through the cracks. It's about sleeping through the night and not wondering, did I request a CFA for that fabric? Because everything is clarified, templated, simplified. So someone who has a business, who has been in business for a while, but knows that they could improve their systems or their processes is a great fit for the interior design standard as well.
0: I think that's a really good point because you don't know what you don't know sometimes. And on some of the anecdotes or some of the lessons in the, in the course that I've been attending, I can think back and go, oh, yeah, I remember doing this with the client. And then I can see why this would work better. So it's nice to have a frame of reference there as well. Yeah. So, yes. Sandra Funk, will you take us to Funky Town on the What Up Wingnut round?
1: <laughs> Let's do it.
0: Now it's time for What Up Wingnut. Wingnut. Sandra, since you're a what-up wingnut veteran, I'm just going to ask you one of the newer questions that I don't think we asked you the first time and see if you have any book recommendations. Okay. So, Sandra, the first question is, what would the hashtag on your tombstone be?
1: The hashtag on my tombstone. Now, I would probably want to do something...
0: Hashtag flexible AF.
1: Yeah, I do. <laughs> I like it. Hashtag Flexible AF. No, I don't know. I think I'd have to go uh, Systems Queen in this Uh, this genre. I I think that's the way to go for me. All
0: right. And do you have any new books that you can recommend to the Wingnuts listening since you were on last time?
1: I have to go back to one of my favorite marketing books, Make Every Man Want You by Marie Forleo. Crazy title. Of course, that's the marketing genius in her. But it is a book about marketing. And it's a book about putting yourself in a situation to be desirable to your ideal client. And of course, the title is cheeky, but she is my marketing queen. She's kind of the mentor that I look to when I'm talking the marketing side of things. And I think she's like a great person for people to get to know.
0: That's a terrific recommendation. And I think that's the first. We haven't had that recommendation yet. So thank you for bringing that value to our show, Sandra Funk.
1: Sandra, (laughs) please (laughs) please tell the
0: Wingnuts listening where they can find out more about you, more about the design standard.
1: We are at houseoffunk.com slash trade. And we are giving away a ton of information every single month in our newsletter. So please get on the list. It's a great little taste of what's to come.
0: Yeah, a very nice taste. It's, It's like a little appetizer. It is. <laughs> it's like mozzarella sticks for your design business. <laughs> mozzarella.
1: <yum. laughs> Why
0: mozzarella sticks? That's an appetizer. Are you hungry, Darla? <laughs> I am starving. Okay. Sandra, thank you again for joining us on the podcast and enduring our wing-nightiness. It's a pleasure as usual, and have a, an amazing week.
1: Thank you. The pleasure is all mine. Thank you so very much.
0: Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I like the pinky. Nice touch. And your philosophy, your philosophy.
2: Because I, I struggle with words. I tried to do my own podcast. Oh, it was terrible. Anyways, so <laughs> never mind. Cut it out, Carrie. They don't like me.
0: I'm vetoing her. Veto. And devil's advocate was not used correctly. and That's, <laughs> that's why I'm being vetoed. Good boy, Mango.